All right, guys, we're back with yet another episode of Screenworthy, brought to you, as always, by The Mind Refinery. And as always, I'm your host, Kyle Bodanis. This week, John Neal and I celebrate the 25th anniversary of Casino by taking a bit of a deep dive into its history, how it was put together, and critical comparisons to one of its predecessors, Goodfellas. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you have time, follow The Mind Refinery on social media. And now, here's the show. All right, here today to talk about the 25th anniversary of the release of Martin Scorsese's epic Vegas mob flick is the man charged with making sure an equal amount of blueberries is in every muffin. An equal amount. John Neal. John Neal, how are you? What's going on, man? Uh, not much. It's a beautiful day in the city. Uh, raining down like crazy. Uh, I'm really happy I got to actually rewatch this film as uh it's kind of almost nostalgic for me and i'm sure with a number of uh, other people uh you know this flick dropped in 1995 the illustrious roger ebert gave it a four out of four saying martin scorsese's fascinating new film casino knows a lot about the mafia's relationship with las vegas like the godfather it makes us all feel like we're eavesdropping on a secret place unlike his other mafia movies scorsese's casino is concerned with history as with plot and character. So, Roger Ebert, who uh, has famously been wrong a number of, uh, of times. Uh, Indeed. He fucking, he loved this one. He thought it was a banger. Uh, by my estimation, John, you were seven when this movie came out. Who was <laughs> the irresponsible individual who let you uh, see it first? I didn't see it until I was in my late teens. Probably closer to the end of high school before I even actually knew about it. Like, I remember seeing or like hearing about it or, you know, through, I don't know, whatever means we had at the time, but it, it wasn't until uh, probably till late high school that I finally just went ahead and watched it. Now, did you like put the DVD in? Were you like watching it on TV? Was um, uh, Frank uh, in there doing it? What was it, going on? I may have, it honestly, it may have been a blockbuster rental, to be honest with you, if, if, uh, if I remember correctly. For those you, of you, for those yeah. of you who are not familiar with, uh, blockbuster you can look at your history books or wikipedia <laughs> and it's what came before netflix sorry john continue <laughs> anyway no i'm pretty sure that's the first time i saw it was it was either a blockbuster rental or or someone must have given it to me because i i like i didn't purchase it until years later so i i, I it was either one of those two things but i saw this with my old man a little after it came out on video uh, VHS, you can also look on Wikipedia, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what a VHS is. Uh, when I was in like grade six, I feel like my initial reaction was liking Don Rickles and the various funny parts that happened in it, and thinking, "Oh, this is funny." But then I kind of really saw the contrast uh, that Scorsese had, not realizing like what what it meant from an artistic standpoint. As I was a whelp, uh, but you know, you see the contrast between you know funny. And like extreme violence in this movie, like obviously this is a stylistic element. Mm. I was pretty desensitized to violence at this point because of like horror movies. And uh, my aunt, who was like my older sister, like saying she's gonna cover my eyes and shit, did not. Uh, so you know, I'd been seeing people being disemboweled from a very young age. But like the scene where Pesci and it's his brother who are beaten and buried alive, mm -hmm. uh, like that disturbed the fuck out of me as a kid. And like. I was like, well, it's weird because I'm going to tell my old man because, like, one minute it's funny and one minute it's, like, super violent. And, like, that was, like, my entry into Scorsese. Was Casino. Yes. Wow. 
We That's eased a hell in of an entry. Yeah, you it, eased in. We eased just in. a casual ease in with casino. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean it's pretty fucking intense. And then I didn't see like I had seen bits and pieces of Goodfellas like I don't know, like what was the role of like censorship in your family? Like what would they let you watch? Pretty much anything after I was like 14 was was fine. Like, would they let you much. watch Die Hard before 14? Yeah. I think so. Okay. I think it was mostly just movies that that had like a I guess that had the R rating would be a good place to start, but I think just something that they knew had either a great deal of I think violence was more was more the issue more so than like swearing or the use of language. How were they on like How were they on sex? This movie has everything. Uh again, it kind of I don't know not so much of an issue more so just i guess uh you know but then again i saw terminator 2 when i was like five so uh, like it, it was kind of all over the place i guess it was just certain movies that maybe had more of a realistic i was just about to say that element like, to them you know yeah i mean like t1000 was pretty scary but i think you could deduce that he wasn't real um, i think that's probably a good guess yeah, yeah. Plus, joe mm-hmm. pesci's got like liquid metal hands <laughs> yeah you know, this is the movie, one of the movies that anytime it's on TV, I'm watching it or at least watching or like getting sucked into watching some of it because mm-hmm. it'll be like a cool scene. It'll be like the beginning or something like that. And I'll be, I love, you know, the first like 20, 30 minutes of the movie, yeah. or it'll be like a crazy Jimmy Woods part uh, where <laughs> he's just doing Jimmy Woods things. And, uh, you know, and it's enjoyable on a number of levels, whether it's like visually performative, you know, and like, honestly, there's little funny ass scenes in it. Like every Scorsese movie, like mm-hmm. this scene, this movie is remarkably funny for how violent it is. Well, wise guys are funny, just innately, right? Wise guys are funny, just the way they talk, the way they crack jokes, the way they're always breaking balls. The situations are uh, are just naturally funny. So, Goodfellas is trumped, I would say, only by The Godfather as the greatest gangster movie of all time. I'm sure that's debatable. Mm-hmm. This is kind of how I see it, and maybe how it kind of arranges in the lexicon like he makes scorsese makes this movie five years or he releases it five years after goodfellas drops is that a tall order to follow because some critics gave him a hard time kind of looked saying he was retreading old ground i mean he was retreading old ground in the sense that it was sort of stylistically the same with with the voiceover sort of carrying you through the whole movie the fact that it was about the mob but a Goodfellas is more of like a it's more about one individual and their experience with the gangster life, whereas Casino is more about the mafia in Vegas. Right. Like I know that um, that Ace is the main character and he's sort of like the lens that we're seeing this through. But it's not really sort of a sort of like an in-depth character study about a mobster and the life in the mob. Whereas this one is more of a historical mafia movie, I feel like. so, And it's also bigger in scope. The scope of Casino is definitely a lot larger than Goodfellas is. I think that's a really good point because Goodfellas still feels very claustrophobic because it's kind of in, you know, Henry Hill's fucking eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like like Casino is more of a sprawling uh, historical... Uh, saga whereas goodfellas is even though it's a it's a i mean it's a beast of a movie but it's it's more sort of closed in it's more narrow as far as just what the story is about 
I don't think you can make one without the other uh, from from a size standpoint, yeah? No, I don't think so. So, like, I think, I definitely think it's ballsy because, I mean, not necessarily, like, if you're looking at it from an, as the most objective artistic standpoint you can, I mean, there is obvious differences between the films, but I think Mm -hmm. the public, they, like, naturally gravitate towards, um, you know, try to group everything together and being like, oh, we just put out Goodfellas. And, uh, you know, you know, trying to say he's like, you know, like insinuations that at the time, just reading some of the reviews, it's ridiculous because like they're trying to insinuate he's a one trick pony. And I'm like, how is that fucking possible? <laughs> um, yeah. Especially, at, I mean, even at this point, I mean, like he's already gone through like after hours and all these like weird like side directions. And so like for me, it doesn't necessarily add up. Like how much do you believe a director's newer work can tarnish an older work i'm not saying that that is it but i mean that was the worry uh well i mean it's almost like he made goodfellas so good and so uh and it was such a um like a monumental gangster film that that's the movie that they're comparing all the other gangster movies to and even his own movies too right like like the answer is no, I don't think it can tarnish uh, like older works. Uh, Casino, like, and he's made other movies similar in style, like Wolf of Wall Street, for example, where it's and it's an all voiceover movie, not about gangsters, but it's similar. And same with The Irishman, uh, sort of went back over that whole formula again. But you know, who who is not liking these movies? for for what they are and and like it, it, they're at least going in a different direction every time even though they may have the same formula they sort of you know with the the main character doing the voiceover and and they're all seemingly really long movies too two and a half hours plus i believe so they're all sprawling stories but they all have a different story to tell so i i think it's interesting how if that was indeed the criticism you know you can look at any sort of director that's made as many movies as Scorsese has and you'll find I guess similar tropes in the way they approach storytelling this is just Scorsese's way of doing it you know and it's sort of become his trademark because of how amazing all of these movies are yeah definitely and I think the hindsight criticism of it has kind of looked away and now like it's kind of faded away whereas people are now are looking at this as a sprawling um, artistic piece and I think that when you're a director who directs for so many years I mean obviously you have things you like to look at you know what I mean you like to areas spaces you like to work in narratives you like to pursue because it's close to you know it's close to where you come from or your heart which is him coming from an Italian neighborhood you know what I mean and kind of seeing mm-hmm. this whole thing I mean he very much writes his experience so it influences what he's doing but as you said it's a it's a far more sprawling history and i think what he does is and he and it helps him off often by using uh the same cast like joe pesci and robert de niro mm-hmm. is he's always revisiting that story and it's like by looking at his various films you can explore the history of organized crime in america you know over the you know over the course of a hundred years i think and that's like if you're trying to look at everything as this like these like blatantly original works then that's fine but it's almost like he's revisiting the same story and trying to tell it from different perspectives which i'm like cool with when you think of uh, of like the, of the las vegas mob you're thinking about casino 
Like it's the first uh, piece of pop culture that pops into your head when you're thinking about that era of the mafia. And I would say that, you know, it coming after Goodfellas, I mean, nothing's going to touch Goodfellas as far as it being a gangster movie. Like it's one of the, it's one of the most watchable films ever made. Like after, like after like a couple other really popular movies, but the rewatch value is through the roof. It's through the roof. It's one of the most watchable movies ever made. And it's just so entertaining moving from one scene to another. But I think the only thing that, that Goodfellas does have over Casino is the overall pace of the movie. There are definitely parts of Casino where it tends to drag a little bit, but that's only because the thing is like three hours long. It's That's not a testament to how not well put together the story is. There's just a, a larger story to tell with Casino, but that's just my opinion. I, I think that the pace of it is a little bit, um, it's just not as good as Goodfellas, but... Goodfellas, ra- Goodfellas also ramps up towards the end too, right? Oh, so yeah. it, it's almost like, you know, when he starts like doing a bunch of coke, things start falling through. It very much, the music and the, the the frenetic pace of the cutting kind of like mirrors that. So it kind of like pushes it in a crescendoing direction. Whereas this, it's not that it lumbers. It's just that I feel like it's more methodical. And I think at the end of the day, I, like, I don't think Scorsese is the director you go in for a quickie. You know no, what I mean? Like, no. you're going to want to enjoy what he's putting together. He's bringing out fucking Bob Richardson. We're shooting pictures here. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Let's, uh, let, let's give it some time. Let's not be ADD about everything. Standout performances in this. Let's go with the leading actors. I um, mean, it's Pesci all day, baby. Pesci all day for me. Like I mean, De Niro. Like like, there's nothing wrong with De Niro or Sharon Stone, but for me, it's Joe Pesci. When I think about Casino, I think about Joe Pesci. D- listen, De Niro's really good, but he almost feels like uh, like a set piece. You know, like it, it almost feels like the area, the set for which all these other characters are going to take place. You know what I mean? I mean, he's 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 the straight and arrow gangster in this movie, right? He's the one that that turns up the least. Um, ruffles the least uh, uh, amount of feathers. Yeah, and a lot of the things that are happening in this is the fuckery around him. Yeah, which to which Joe Pesci is a huge part of, which I think is which I think is interesting because this was another criticism that some people thought that uh, there was too much of a similarity between his character in um, you know Goodfellas, but I think that this it's like a whole. I mean, the whole setup is different, and the whole stakes are different in this. You know what I mean? Like when. They go through this. It's like the stakes of multi-million to billion dollar industries and like the development of an entire area that would become part of the, you know, American experience and like American culture for better or for worse. And I don't like think the characters are representative. Like it's everything that that they're doing has has massive stakes and it goes beyond their individual per, uh, personal stakes, you know what I mean? Even though they yeah. try to like ray, bring it into the more of the personal stakes through Sharon Stone's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think about Sharon Stone's performance? Uh, I thought she was great in this. I mean, pretty much every actor in, in this movie, I mean, Scorsese has the, has an ability to sort of find the right role for people in, in, in his movies. And I thought that Sharon Stone was perfect for that part, right? I believe she took the Oscar for that as well. Did she? Uh, she was, was nominated. She, nominated. she was nominated, definitely. 
Yeah. Nope, she won the Golden Globe. Nice. Yeah, she was nominated. Okay, cool. Yeah, she. I mean, her performance was freaking great. Obviously, uh, Martin Scorsese at this point, the Susan Lucci of the Oscars, had not uh, won yet, nominated for it. I, I, I felt her performance was really good. I think I could do with less scenes of her freaking out on drugs. Um, <laughs> not that there was a problem with that, as that is what's happening. There was just a lot of scenes of her freaking out on drugs. I didn't feel there was enough scenes of Jimmy Woods looking scumbag enough in the movie. Oh, we're going to get to Jimmy. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get to fucking Jimmy Woods and being a scumbag. Uh. It's like he's fucking, he's method at being a, he's, this guy's method at being a scumbag. I can't believe this guy was in a John Carpenter movie at one time. It, it's, it boggles my mind sometimes. In terms of Pesci performances, are you putting this at the top? Like what rivals it? Oh man, maybe Gone Fishing. Um, oh my God, Gone Fishing. <laughs> no, jeez. Uh, Is there uh, a criterion for John F- Gone Fishing? Gone, uh, maybe to be released next year. Thirty nine yeah. ninety nine. I want to see a uh, seventy mil cut blow yeah, up of it. Four K Ultra HD of Gone Fishing. <laughs> um, no, uh, like. As far as Pesci roles go, uh, this is, yeah, this is definitely at the top of the list. Um, I mean, Goodfellas, uh, even, um, uh, what's, what's uh, sorry, Raging Bull would, would, would be another really good Joe Pesci movie, even though De Niro uh, sort of is the star of that one. Too, Are we putting but... My Cousin Vinny anywhere up there? Yes, My Cousin Vinny would probably be easily in the top three. My cousin Vinny. Yep. Lethal, uh, lethal weapon. Come on, come on, come on, come on, <laughs> come on. I would, uh, but yeah, this movie, I think, particularly uh, Joe Pesci, like as the gangster, I think this is the movie where he sort of he sort of owns that part. Even though you know, in Goodfellas, everyone talks about Tommy DeVito and and how he is is fucking nuts, but. It's because of the quote. It's because of the quotability of those lines. Yes, you know what I mean, like the spider scene and all this kind of stuff. Um, The getting rid of the body, and then the mother is like making them dinner after, like at like two o'clock in the morning. It's you know what I mean. I think there's more iconic lines in this. I think part of that comes from the fact that um, Goodfellas is a little tighter and uh, not maybe more memorable. Whereas when you're in sprawling movies, I think you miss kind of like the nuances. But I think his character has more depth than this. the De Niro role, I'm like, it's good. I'm not, I don't know if it's top three. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's good in almost everything that he does, really. I, it's just, you know, it's kind of like at this point, it's like. Up until just, Ronan. Yeah. It's kind of like, just take your pick, really. Like up until that time, like what you, what you really like him in. Because he's, you know, he's done so many, so many amazing roles. But I don't know, just this movie is just, you know, it's just. You just shrug and go, yeah, they're just they're just kicking ass being gangsters again. That's what De- they do. De Niro should have asked, uh, should have won for the uh, Bad Grandpa. Um, fantastic <laughs> movie with Zac Efron. Zac Efron, I think, is in it. Um, yeah. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about supporting roles. Let's talk. Let's start with Jimmy Woods, I, who is just uh, just a toilet of a human being. He's a lovely uh, in man. general. Yeah, He's a lovely man. Uh, <laughs> what do we think of Jimmy Woods? In this, uh, this perfect scumbag. <laughs> this is the thing with Jimmy Woods too. Is that like realistically, in terms of as uh, an actor, I Jimmy Woods is awesome. Like yeah. I like him and stuff. 
And like now because he's been completely like blacklisted by Hollywood, he's doing like the the Mayor Giuliani fucking biopic and shit yeah. like that that no one sees because it's the most because no one wants to see shit with fucking Rudy Giuliani in it. Yeah, I mean like it's it's fucking Jimmy Woods. He plays one of the great all time uh scumbags. Um fucking Lester Diamond. He's so good too. He's like just like give me the money, give me just like always looking for the money, freaking out. You know, he's he's perfect for it. Um I mean Don Rickles is the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the I love that casting. Like I really love Don Rickles being in it. Well, Scorsese said that he wanted it to uh, the whole theory behind putting him into that movie, putting him in the movie, um, because it's not a funny part. He doesn't say anything funny in the movie. I feel like him just and being there looking like Don Rickles alone makes it. You're like, well, ah. yeah, it's, but like, I guess his his whole reasoning behind that was one Rickles was there on the ground floor of Las Vegas when it was run by the mob. And he's literally a lifeline to that time in history. And I guess that, you know, having him in the movie, there's a familiar face there that kind of puts you right in that time period in like a weird subconscious way. And I think that was kind of the intention with casting him. Aside from the fact that it's fucking Rickles and the guys, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of stand up comics. For, I in, feel like in, there's in, a, in his own right. But I feel like there's a 39 minute scene that went into the garbage of it's just like a simulated roast and he's just just he's hacking just, everybody just up. roasting it's like 39 minutes of monologue yeah um i mean i i mean because I, I my grandparents like i was watching movies with my grandparents so i'd seen like plenty of don rickles and just like seeing him in the movie i'm like that was kind of my like oh it's don rickles it's gonna be kind of funny it ended up being traumatic um i mean i mean the part where pesci beat the shit out of him was pretty funny but i mean you know, it, it's funny in a not in a ha ha way, <laughs> not, but in not, a no. oh shit, he's getting his ass kicked. It's funny in a <laughs> when you've seen a Martin Scorsese beating scene like a billion times, <laughs> and then you're just like, yeah, this is funny, and then like your Italian uncle's like, yeah, ha, ha, look, this is where he does it. Um, it's a, it's a fucking it's it's a classic scene. Uh, Kevin Pollock was in this as well. Was he yeah. head of the Teamsters? How do we feel about Kevin Pollock in general? Oh, I love Kevin Pollock. I think he's hilarious. I think he's great. Like he's 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 also really funny. Like he's a really funny actor too. Yeah. And he can pull off and he's got comedy chops and he can do like the whole dramatic thing really well. Um I really liked him in A Few Good Men. He's got some character actor range. And like he's really funny. Like he to me he was the funniest part of the whole 9 yards. I don't know if you ever saw the whole 9 yards. Yes, I saw it. But I thought he was really funny as as like that other mobster that he plays. Obviously, it's a it's more of a caricature, but he's great. And in this movie, he's you know he it's not a funny part either, but it's a small sort of character part that he plays. That's just part of the puzzle of all the gangsters in this movie. The only um, thing I resented about the whole nine yards is having to watch Matthew Perry, yes, act for long periods of time uh, when he's clearly coming down off coke um continue <laughs> um but no he was great in this uh, they also had a bunch of other like cameos in this too that that i don't like alan king is in this the al yes good that's excellent pickup the alan king is the thing is fucking fantastic yeah, who who's the head of the friars club uh, steve right? allen is in it i know that uh frankie avalon is also in it 
the other one uh, that is actually sort of under everybody's radar because it's before most people's time is Dick Smothers. He's of the Smothers Brothers. Yeah. He plays, call. I believe he plays the congressman. Um, yes, he one, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He who, comes to stay, who, who comes to stay at the casino. But yeah. I think the other one that I really like too, and also Frank Vincent is always amazing in everything that he Absolutely. did with Scorsese. Um, Billy Bats to 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 this to obviously the sopranos he's he's fucking great the other one that i just wanted to mention because i i remember um reading about this guy um the scene where it's the the whole cheaters justice scene where they catch the two guys um oh, counting yeah. the cards yeah yeah um the guy with the glasses that uh, that that isn't the he's the one that's actually playing. It's his partner that's that's signaling him from from the other table or whatever it is. Yeah, that guy's name is Joseph Reddy. He's the um he's the first AD on almost all of Scorsese's film that he's ever made. He's a second unit director and he's been the first AD on everything up until Shutter Island. I'm pretty sure that Scorsese's done. Which he is just another. he just saw the script for Shutter Island and was like I think I gotta cash it in after this. <laughs> yeah, I think after this. Uh, I think after this I'm gonna have to. Let me guess, Leonardo DiCaprio the, is yeah. Yeah, I think the latest thing that he's that that he did as a as a first AD was the trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh really? Yeah. So anyway, it, it's just cool how. Do you think he got SAG minimum for that? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely I would have tried to negotiate. Or, he someone probably didn't show up in Scorsese's like just fucking get in there. But he, yeah, he finds like all all these places for for people. Kind of like how like the Smothers Brothers and Alan King and this and Rickles and this and how you know he had uh, Jerry Lewis and King of Comedy and stuff like that. Like he's that's one of my favorites of all of his movies. The Jerry Lewis, the King of Comedy. Is so he, he always has ways of getting all these legendary guys into his movies and like these these weird parts. And I, apparently, his mother was in it as well. Yeah, she's the one making uh, making all the food where where all the bosses eat in the back of the deli. Oh yeah, it's fucking uh, Piscano's mom. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If there's a if there's an elderly Italian uh, woman cooking in a Scorsese movie, it's his mother. Yeah, well into the '90s, it's got to be his. <laughs> like I really, really kind of enjoyed all the little things too, like the Frankie Avalon thing. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Steve Allen. I mean. Even they even got fucking Jane Meadows. I I feel like they de-aged her. You know, I it's it, it was just really good, and you know, it's one of these like cast mosaics that you see with. It. It's funny you bring up Alan King. I thought he was fucking fantastic too. I think he's he potentially goes under the radar in this film. Yeah, uh, just because of the you know you got the big three in it. Obviously, you got Dirtbag Jimmy Woods. Don Rickles is talking shit the whole time, but it, I mean he kind of gets lost in it. Him and Kevin Pollock, I think, really get lost in it. So I mean, it, the cast is tour de force. From as as for the parts of this movie that you find the most memorable, what are they like? What are your most memorable scenes in this? What are the iconic scenes we've t- we're taking from this? Well, Scorsese always has a way with music when he when he thinks of how he's gonna cut a scene, and and he always, um, as they say, he he shoots for the cutting room. And this movie in particular has, I think, some of the best sort of put together scenes that are just blatantly shot for the cutting room. One of my favorite scenes is, is the scene where, uh, uh, where Nikki brings in his brother Dominic and they introduce all of his desperados and it's the, they got that Rolling Stones track that kind of kicks in and it basically is just a, sh- a scene that just 
shows them uh, working all of the places in Vegas, stealing jewelry, breaking into stores. And it's sort of a mixed match of how they basically do their business. So, and I just love the way that scene's put together from the camera movements to how they sort of cut it together. It's, you know, like it's a, if you want to study how to basically build a scene, that's a great scene to look at just because it has everything. It has great camera work. It's got great lighting. It's got great music. It's got great acting. Um, it's really that, all the elements coming together. Yeah. Another great scene, obviously, I just touched on was the cheater's justice scene. Same kind of thing in the way that it's sort of cut and put together. The other one, obviously, that you talked about was when Dominic and uh, Nikki die in the sticks. When That's the most memorable death. one for me. That's the, always the one that like sticks in my brain. Um, yeah. You know, when they're all covered in dirt and stuff, it's it's pr- it's really intense. It's really unsettling if you're not like Scorsese desensitized yet. Yeah. And just like a really harsh scene that shows how Vegas was really built. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, who could have a Scorsese movie without a long ass steady cam shot? The whole count room sequence where he talks about the guys in the back room counting the money. This is one of my favorite steady cams of all time, actually, to be very honest. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the steady cam scene where he's going through the restaurant, through the back of the kitchen um, in Goodfellas. Uh, in Goodfellas. You know, that's the iconic one for me. It's a fa- obviously fantastic. But like that when he's going and introducing everything that's going on in the back, it's really cool because I like how it just sets up. Because I think in order to understand the movie, like, for example, with Queen's Gambit, you didn't have to explain chess to understand that right. movie. Yeah. I feel like you need a little bit of understanding what the rules and operational ideas are with Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. to see how people are gaming them and then seeing how they're like developing over time and being abused and all this kind of thing. Yeah. The other another scene I really liked is uh when they when Nikki and Ace meet in the desert and they they got that really amazing shot of the car um in in the sunglasses like sort of going by. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just it's one single shot of the car pulling up and the crane comes down and it tracks Pesci as he gets out of his car and just goes right into the conversation. It's one of the most tense scenes in the whole movie. Um, that's a great scene too. There's there's a ton of them. E- even the opening sequence of of uh, of Casino is really well done too. The opening sequence is really cool. I love all the little like the little comedic parts. Like I'm pretty sure like the blueberry thing. Like obviously uh, yeah. that was a part of our opening the the an equal amount and everyone i like i used to laugh at that so much when i was a kid do you and, know how long that's going to take yeah do you know how long this going an equal amount and like i feel like that is so often quoted at all of our family <laughs> gatherings like when someone's baking with like an equal amount of chocolate <laughs> chips like i fu- it's like one of those quotable things um the beating in the desert at the end is also like another one um, yeah. that, you know, as I said, it's, it's, it sticks with you. And I think for this, I, you know, I, I think it can kind of, I can understand why this gets lost amidst Goodfellas. Cause like the, the scenes I feel in Goodfellas are a lot more because of their staccato nature are a little bit, you know, they're a little bit more memorable, but like with this, I think when you watch, by the time you've watched it, you've almost like l- really kind of contextualized Vegas, um, into american life through these characters Mm -hmm. and uh, like i really like how that's done and i think like that 
I mean, there's memorable scenes in it. Um, the car blowing up always used to like that whole montage and everything used to fucking. And I think your note just like about these montages and the way these scenes are constructed is really good because he, like really no one does those kind of like montage scenes where you're not like I'm watching a fucking montage. Like you're really like engrossed into what's going on and he does he does really well at planning them out and as you said like having all the elements come together and i think casino is probably i know there's probably movies that maybe are you know production design even heavier like probably like gangs of new york and Mm -hmm. shit like that maybe the aviator but i just the way they're able to bring you into that time through all the different elements is just i think it's probably one of his best i would put it definitely at the one of the top of his production like movies in terms of like production design and like mm-hmm. how each scene is broken down and how it looks on and how it looks on camera. Yeah, like I mean if you're if you're looking to get into filmmaking, this is a, definitely a film to study just on just on the merits of the production alone and how and how it's all sort of coordinated. For sure. Obvi- obviously for Scorsese and I mean any filmmaker, but Scorsese specifically the uh, relationship with his DOP one of his primary ones over the course of his existence, Bob Richardson, Bob. incomparable Bob Richardson. Uh, Bobby. He looks like Soruman from uh, <laughs> fucking Lord of the Rings. Uh, Bob Richardson, obviously one of the most storied cinematographers in the history of Hollywood. Fantastic. Don't work for Tarantino um, as well, uh, among another uh, many others. Um, how do we feel about the cinematography in this movie, especially compared to the you know the 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 rest of the um scorsese lexicon it's it's one of the best and i think it's one of the best mostly believe it or not because of the camera work it's it's one thing to 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 light all these scenes and and to compose all of them but and it's also again it's completely in tandem with with the cutting style um used in this and and how they transition from scene to scene but that's part of the fun of of watching casino is is watching the camera work and and is watching them sort of move from place to place by by using really creative whip pans and all kinds of uh, interesting transitions and stuff like that so in that sense uh i i think it's one of my favorite looking scorsese movies for sure i feel like at this point he's his work with bob richardson like they became so simpatico where you know they really start dictating at this point they really start dictating the course of a way a certain amount of american cinema is going to be built for like the next 20 years yeah um again through camera movement and and it's interesting because the lighting is uh, you know it's good it's it, it like uh, bob richardson's one of the greats but yeah it's really how the camera is used as a character itself and how it really brings you into that world Cause it's like you start on the casino floor, like cause you mentioned when they go into the back and everything. Cause mm-hmm. it's like you start on the casino floor and then it takes you in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you're almost going through like these rings of hell and into the depths, and you can see everything around you, but like you are the one who has the access to this entire world, and it's really crazy how it makes you feel like that. The kitchen study camp does that as well, and. I think that is one of the big things with Scorsese movies. I mean, every movie and every great filmmaker to an extent is always trying to bring you into a world, but I think he does it. Some of his best movies, he's not bringing you into some like kind of whimsical or fictional environment. He's bringing you into the, into a kitchen, into a club, 
yeah. which you think is low key, but it's actually millions of dollars worth of illegal commerce are taking place. <laughs> and it's a, it's, it's a hub for all these things going on, or he's taking you into a teamsters room and you're seeing how governance is perverted by organized crime. And like, that's all with the camera. That's like, that's all what he's doing with. And I just don't, I don't think there's too many directors I can't think of another one other than like maybe PTA and even yeah. that gets a little extraneous at some at fucking some point mm-hmm. that really uses it as effectively in that manner. And the other thing to to note about about the camera work in this because there's there's similar camera work in Goodfellas just by comparison just mm-hmm. comparing the two mob movies. However, the perspective of the camera is all from Henry Hill in Goodfellas. When you're watching that you're getting his perspective. Especially like like in the beginning when he's looking out the window, at uh, at at the shop across the street of all the mobsters, like all the shots of the guys getting out of the cars, their fancy rings on their fingers, all this stuff. Casino, it's similar, but the camera is the audience watching. It's not from someone's perspective. It's not from Ace's perspective. It's not even from Nikki's perspective, even though they're talking over the images most of the time in their voiceover, the camera really does just feel like uh, a fly on the wall. The audience has just got a window into this. Whereas, like I said, in Goodfellas, it's all from Henry's perspective. So, and I, I think this is one of the primary differences you've touched on here too. Yeah. Done through like POV. Whereas Goodfellas, although it talks about the culture of being in organized crime, it is very much a character study for me. Yes. Um, just in terms of how it is. And like, obviously people will argue Casino is also uh, a character study, but it's not as insular into one character's existence as you're saying. It's more a history and it's more, mm-hmm. um, you know, a wider lens, which is why I don't think, which is why I think some people maybe didn't like it as much because I feel like people are naturally more drawn to character studies because, you know, there's empathy, there's relation, but the, here you are watching, as I said, a a piece of like American uh, culture for better or for worse kind of being built. And it's almost like rather than seeing it through someone else's eyes, as you're saying in Goodfellas, um, what you're looking at is you're watching events unfold from a vantage point. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's a completely different way. I mean, even the framing is a lot different. I mean, like I find that Goodfellas leans a lot heavier on close ups and stuff like yes. that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more uh, point blank in the way it's shot. Um, whereas Casino is really making you take in Casino is bigger from a visual standpoint. You're yeah. seeing these whole fucking massive rooms, whereas in other other of his movies, especially ones where it's like police dramas, that kind of dramas, that kind of stuff, it's it's claustrophobic in I think the only other movie up until this point that is as big from a perspective standpoint from the camera is probably Age of Innocence, only because yeah. like you're trying to get edith warden's like america um into your lens and although that is still character study but mm-hmm. um <laughs> no no but i definitely think i think that's a really good point with casino i think once people started realizing that that was when this is why you're seeing like a critical change like a more of a like a revisionist look at casino especially like when you're reading all these articles that are coming out about 25 years after you know, a lot of the, uh, some of them, not a lot of them, some of them have been about just that. And like, what does it mean to the filmmaking and, um, you know, popular 
culture lexicon now instead of just being in Goodfellas' shadow. I also yeah. think that part of it is that like t- you get Goodfellas on TBS like a billion times yeah. and they fucking take out all the swearing. So it's like how many times have you had to cram down your throat? So it's almost like can I can I which it's a fantastic movie. It's fucking you can watch it a lot. Um <laughs> but whereas Casino I I think is like the less like people have seen that movie less, you know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely not as um well known as Goodfellas. Definitely. In 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 the grand scheme of Scorsese movies. Um yeah, I remember trying to watch Goodfellas on on TBS one time. It's uh it's a 2 hour and 45 minute movie and uh it said on um on my satellite that that it was only an hour and a half. So they managed to cut out an hour of it because of all the swearing. <laughs> <laughs> There's just it's just a scene of him meeting his wife, a scene of him eating dinner. And then a scene, a scene of him picking up his newspaper at it's, the end. That's it's like all the, it is. It's like the Mad TV Sopranos sketch when it's on <laughs> like Christian TV. It's the whole episode's three minutes long. Oh, uh, it's so. Oh, I completely forgot about that shit. I mean, we talked. You just mentioned, uh, you know, and we've been talking about the Scorsese lexicon. Uh, before, like before we wrap up, let's, you know, where does this live in the Scorsese? filmography and you know where does this live in hollywood lore well as far as the scorsese filmography goes i think it's probably about it probably sits at about five or six what's your favorite my favorite scorsese movie or his best movie fuck the best what's your favorite my favorite scorsese movie is probably goodfellas pound for pound i'd say goodfellas like i loved like for discussion purposes what do you think is his best raging bull I think so. I think that's fair. It's like it's like it's a, it's a complete like just the it's really intimate and just the story of him like it being his catharsis getting off like coke addiction. I'm like that's pretty crazy. And you and well, I mean Raging Bull is like like it's a tour de force. Like it's an American classic. Uh not only is it brilliantly directed and stylized and shot the performance by De Niro is it's one of the best performances maybe in Hollywood history from a leading actor. But like, I love taxi driver. Taxi driver was one of the first Scorsese movies I'd ever seen. It's a, again, a brilliantly stylized portrayal um, and a, and a really interesting character study. The departed incredible Wolf of wall street is incredible. Um, Even mean streets to some degree, I would say is sort of in, in sort of in that original sort of gangster realm for Scorsese because it's like one of his first movies, um, and even The Irishman to some degree. But like he's done a ton of other movies, obviously that we haven't talked about. Like Bringing Out the Dead is a great movie too. Um, you know, Age of Innocence. If you want to watch Kundun again just go once for it, just once just do I'm, it once. i'm good with the one with, with just the one time the one um, is good yeah like like he's done better like some of his best visual movies like wolf of wall street might be my favorite like from a stylistic standpoint it's right at the top of that list i know that he he used the same dp i believe for silence it's roberto priego or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's the italian dp that he's been using lately so that guy's really good, and I think he shot The Irishman too. But 
anyway, uh, yeah, like like Casino in in his list, I think it sits about five or six, just because he's got so many other incredible movies. But for him, this is like like I said, for him, this is like a five or six. If this was just any other filmmaker's movie, it'd probably be their best that that they would ever make. Yeah, I mean, for him, it's it's tough because there's also some of the I really love some of the weird '80s ones too. Like I really like After Hours and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, After Hours is really good. You know that kind of stuff. I do love Mean Streets. I think probably, you know, Raging Bull is his uh, is his best. Um, it's not one of my favorites. It's in like I enjoy it, but there's always I can't I can't watch it over and over again. Like I like to. For me, it's kind of all about how much can I live with this movie? You know what I mean? Like if I can't No, 100%. Yeah. If I, if I can't watch it over and over again, like for example, silence is, I believe genius filmmaking, but I'm not going to watch it again. Nope. Because, uh, I just can't, I can't put myself through it. (laughs) I can't, I don't even have enough time in existence left, uh, to watch it. Uh, bringing out the dead is another fucking good one. I love Hugo. Yeah. See, Hugo is, is another one I never think about except, for the fact that it's probably the best 3D movie I've, like I've ever seen, like in all seriousness, it's the best use of 3D technology in a mainstream motion picture that I've ever seen, and it's a kids movie. I don't think he's he's ever done a kids movie. That was his first one. Yeah, he said he wanted to make it because I believe his his uh, youngest daughter was like nine or something at the time, and he wanted her to be able to watch something that he made, and then he was laughing because he was on Letterman. He's like, he, she can't really watch any of my other movies at this age. Yeah, I can't really watch Nicky Santoro uh, torture Tony Dogs. Yeah. Uh, because it's just not appropriate. I wish Wolf of Wall Street came out before that so we could, like, <laughs> fucking. He could show her Wolf of Wall Street. It's actually only yeah. five minutes of this film reel you can yeah. actually take in. What's a Quaalude? Yeah. What's a Quaalude? Uh, it's candy. Yeah. Don't eat it. Don't ever <laughs> don't, eat don't, it. Don't eat it. Yeah, I think that. You know, for me, it's probably, yeah, it's top five. I think that I, when it originally came out, I think it just got un, I think it got unjust criticism. I think people were just trying to, you know, Amer- you know, American culture, you know how it is. They, you, you have your heroes, they build them up and then they fucking tear them down. So he creates this beloved film. Then he fucking makes this and everyone's like, it's too close and it's tarnishing this and tarnishing that when I just generally think people, uh, you know, are idiots. And, um, uh, Casino is a fine piece of filmmaking, and I, I, it, the big thing is, I mean, when you're looking at films, you know, you're wondering how well they age. Certain films age terribly, and yeah. you just kind of realize that it was only in the moment for you. Whereas I, like, Casino was not one of those movies. Like for me, it does have a level of timelessness. And if you, and I, what you said at the beginning was spot on. That is, if you are looking at the on-screen Hollywood depiction of the rise of Las Vegas, there's and how it works there's really two movies for it it's this and the second godfather and it's the godfather to an extent because you're learning about how um the italians went and came to be in vegas yeah and how that became part of that which was a huge um thing for its development so i i i think this movie's fantastic i think it's i'm glad that it's getting you know a bit of proper revisionist history um, in terms of its quality and its importance and disting, distancing it uh, from other of the more mob-related uh, Scorsese work. Yeah. I just wanted to also mention that 
we, we, when it was uh, Scotiabank Theatre downtown here in Toronto has that digital film festival every year. Not this year, obviously, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But me and Lindy went and saw a back-to-back screening of Goodfellas and Casino in the same, like on the same night, back-to-back. It was like a six-and-a-half-hour movie marathon of just Love it. Scorsese. Casino was the second one. It was a long movie to sit through, but holy fuck, did it look amazing on a big screen. See, this is the thing. It's like I haven't seen it on a big screen. I've seen Goodfellas on a big screen. I've seen um, I've seen a, a few of it. I've seen Raging Bull, and I've seen um, uh, on a big screen as well, but I haven't seen Casino. And see, I feel like of maybe all his movies that aren't like Hugo or Silence, uh, th- like that is the best that is the best film for to be on a big screen because as we said just with the whole camera part thing it's not congested it's like they they really recreate these big sprawling rooms of people gambling you know what i mean like you get a yeah. sense of how mm-hmm. big how big it is and you just obviously don't get the entire breadth of that on a television yeah but i that's yeah so to cap it off for me that's what i would say unbelievable experience seeing it on the big screen all right, John Neal, thank you. Uh, we got to get going. Uh, so, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, peace. All right, see you later, guys.